Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. On today's episode, I have an expert on who I'm very excited to talk to. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in. Hello, my name is Lou Moon. I am a stand-up comedian, a writer, and a kind but generous lover from Phoenix, Arizona. And I am an expert on author and raconteur Kurt Vonnegut. Absolutely fantastic. Did you say that you're a kind but generous? Yes. Lover? I think you can be kind and generous as a lover. I don't think that you need to have a but there. That's that's not necessarily connected to Kurt Vonnegut. I just wanted to address that up front. But <laughs> my understanding of Kurt Vonnegut is pretty broad. I've read a number of his books and been a fan since the early 2000s when I first read some of his books. And I think that one of the big things that people have as a takeaway from his books is the the writing style and the confidence that is in the writing. It is very much, you know, this is who these characters are. This is what this story is. And it's going to go off on tangents and it's going to go to places you don't expect, but it's all going to get tied back together and there's going to be a nice effective uh, grounding to it. And one of the things that really grounds these things is the repetition of phrases. So like you have in Slaughterhouse-Five, So It Goes, you have in Timequake, you have Tingling, in Breakfast of Champions, mm -hmm. you have Listen and so on and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And I think that each book kind of based on the phrase that is repeated, people will gravitate to one or one of the specific ones. And what I've found is that you can really determine the type of person somebody is based on what their favorite Kurt Vonnegut book is, and mm -hmm. if they are using those phrases in everyday life. So, so if, for instance, if somebody's saying, for, so it goes a lot, what you can kind of infer is like, oh, they have kind of a detachment from grief or the the natural way of the world of just like, oh, well, I can't ha handle this. And so that can be a really bad indicator in some instances of, oh, this something bad happened and they don't care. But like, for instance- Or disagree, go on. Yeah. And <laughs> so then you have like Timequake, if somebody's saying tingling, you have somebody that is possibly has just lived an entire year over again without being able to make any other choices other than what they were doing originally and so like that is like oh this person probably has gone slightly insane by being on autopilot for a year and so like that would be probably something problematic too of like oh maybe i don't want to talk to this person and then you have that one's actually true Keep going. okay 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 <laughs> and then you have the breakfast of champions sort of thing of like listen that a lot of people think that people that are like straight shooters they say that listen and so on and then the trailing off i think that that is kind of corporate speech or somewhat disinterested people <laughs> talking about things. But like, no, a lot of these people are actually big Vonnegut fans. And then that's why they want to have these advertisements of like, hey, listen, you should buy such and such product and so on. And I think that that's very important. Another thing that I think is important when you're determining what your favorite Kurt Vonnegut book is, how you're going to 
imbibe it. So are you going to read the physical copy? And like, that's really important because if you have the physical copy and you're in a public space, people can say like, oh, that person likes Vonnegut. And maybe you're trying to attract people that also like Vonnegut. And then there's a risk there because they're probably going to be like, oh, you're reading Breakfast of Champions. And they're going to immediately jump to some of the twists that are in it. So if it's the first time you've read that book, that's that's harmful. My personal <laughs> preference when it comes to Vonnegut books is to imbibe them through audio. And that gives mm. you a host of options. So for instance, my favorite Vonnegut book generally is Breakfast of Champions. And there are multiple audiobook versions of it. And there are two that are on the forefront, depending upon the style of audiobook reader you want. So there's Stanley Tucci reads one of them. And then there's also John Malkovich. And I will let you assume which one's better. It's John Malkovich. But yeah, and Stanley Tucci like does a great job, but like he gets blown out of the water by John Malkovich because he has the descriptions of what is on like those descriptions and the asterisks and all of these things. Um, John Malkovich has the perfect attachment for that. And I think that with any of his books, you have to go and find what famous actor can recite it and read it in the best way possible. And so some of the people that have been asked in the past, Mickey Rourke actually was originally set to read Timequake, but he just couldn't understand the story. And so, <laughs> so he didn't do it. And then you have some, you know, uh, Idris Elba and Michael Sheen and some of these other actors. And it's just everybody's chomping at the bit to try and get the opportunity to read a Vonnegut book on the audiobooks. Now, Lou, based on what you've heard so far, about how much of that would you say was accurate? I I would say that because you made some great points back there. But in terms of, because when we're talking about writing, we have to acknowledge that so much of this is like subjective, but mm. it's also, I don't think you're a, I don't, I don't really think that you're a crazy person if you see, say, ting a ling every once and again. Okay. So I would say I would give you about a, you were about 65% right. Okay. 65%. That's a solid, that's a solid score. What is, when did you first start reading Vonnegut? I started reading Vonnegut when I think a lot of people read Vonnegut when I was about 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And the first book I read by him was, in fact, Breakfast of Champions. And start with that. That's a that's jumping into the deep end, in my opinion. One hundred percent. But it's also like if you're I think if you're getting into like if you want to get into like books based on like authors that you've been recommended before, I think you have to read something of theirs that is like so quintessential to them otherwise you're just it's like breakfast of champions is such it's it's it is so indicative it's like the perfect example of a vonnegut book the the absurd it's about the absurdity of life and it's about uh people going crazy and it's vonnegut himself is a character in the book spoiler alert mm -hmm. for a book that's been out since 1971 yeah. but it's I, I think that was the right choice for me. Um, and I've I've read all of his books. And I think you were right in that 
you can definitely tell a lot about a person by their favorite Vonnegut book, but it's more, I think it's, it shows more of what they're attracted to in books where it's like, yeah, like I think if, if your favorite Vonnegut book, for example, is Sirens of Titan, you're all about like a redemption story. It's a great redemption story. Okay. If you're into Cat's Cradle, you're probably more of like a dystopian, more it's like a, like a silently hopeful dystopic kind of guy, kind I of see. person. Where my uh, I don't know if it's about Vonnegut or not, but Vonnegut gave all of his own books letter grades. Okay. That were based on how he felt writing them but he also got critical reviews involved in them as well Mm -hmm. and so it's like like the big Vonnegut books that we think of I think are the ones that he gave like an A plus to we're talking Slaughterhouse Five we're talking Cat's Cradle we're talking Mm -hmm. Sirens of Titan those are the ones that got an A plus from for him from him weirdly enough Breakfast of Champions was a C for him which is so crazy to me and my favorite Vonnegut book is the only one he ever gave an F to. Interesting. Uh, which is his book Slapstick. You've read? Uh, I have I, I have not. I don't believe I've read, I've read that. Oh, man. It's, it's great. It's one of his most absurd works, for sure. It's about the president of the United States in the distant future, who, like, through his presidency, like, the world ended. But he's also born with uh, Neanderthal, Neanderthal features, and uh, he has a twin sister, and they found that when they put their heads together, they were the single greatest intellect in the world, like literally put their heads together. It's a really great book, and that, uh, I highly recommend it. That sounds, that sounds pretty fantastic, if I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. It's just like, okay, I got a bunch of ideas, we're going to go with it. And that just, yeah. it, it sounds like he may not have liked it so much, but I think, I think he probably had fun in the conception and the, the writing of it. Based yeah. On. Like that's the, so that's the book that came out after Breakfast of Champions. Mm-hmm. And so I think critically he had a lot to live up to. And also at the time he was going through a divorce and I think that really affected it. But there's a lot of sort of like melancholy hope in it. I, I highly recommend that book. It's It might not be everyone's tastes. If you're going to start reading Vonnegut, maybe start Breakfast of Champions, start Slaughterhouse-Five. Slaughterhouse-Five, not my favorite book by him. I love it, but I would say it's in my top five. But I still have the words, so it goes, tattooed on me. Right. Okay. Yeah. And my, my thing, I'm now realizing that I may have offended you with my articulations earlier. And my thing is Slaughterhouse-Five was not my favorite Vonnegut book. I, I've read it twice, but some of the other ones have just jumped and stood out to me more. And I think that's partially because I think a lot of, out of all of his books, I think Slaughterhouse-Five is really one that a lot of like screenwriters and other writers have really harvested from a lot of the ideas and plot points. And by, mm. the t- by the time that I had sunken my teeth into it, I had already been exposed to so much where it was like, oh, this is kind of maybe not the original point of these ideas, but like the, the original point of the application of these 
other, other iterations. And I think that kind of diminished my enjoyment somewhat. But mm. no, that's that's super fair. And like I that's actually 100% correct. Where like I feel like Slaughterhouse Five is kind of like a perfect time travel story in the sense that it's like it's it's funny that like we think of time as something that we could like ever control and Vonnegut's like no like time is something you could never control and like that's the crux of it but my my favorite part of Slaughterhouse Five is like the very is the prologue actually where it's just sort of him talking about there's a sentence in the in the prologue uh to slaughterhouse five that i just love where he says i have this disease where late at night uh i drink too much and like to call people on the telephone Mm -hmm. and there's something so funny heartwarming but also sad about that that is like that's that's vonnegut to me is happy sad funny Right, exactly. Uh, I think that that articulation is pretty, pretty spot on because from what I recall of that, because I think it really heavily focuses on his experiences in the war. And if I, my edition had the same introduction. And I think that from what I understand is the kind of a person that has been exposed to absolutely horrible things but still tries to hold on to optimism and humor in the face Mm -hmm. of it. And I think that that's, I think it's very easy to be cynical and to read Vonnegut's stuff as, as cynical when it actually, I think has an undertone of hopefulness and these many times, these kind of aw shucks characters and like people that are in over their heads, just trying to do the best they can. And once you kind of recognize like the, kind of frailty and this optimism that is there a lot of the extra humor kind of comes out of like oh man what are they going to do how are they going to address this and i think that that really adds another level of enjoyment that is often missed or at least i feel like i missed uh, somewhat when i first read read him when i was younger exactly like and i i think those those are qualities that vonnegut really admired vonnegut said once that you can get really far in life by being cute and stupid right and i think especially a character like have you read god bless you mr rosewater yeah i was gonna bring that up it's one yeah. of my it's one of my favorites oh god i i i feel like if if one of your favorites is god bless you mr rosewater like I think you admire the same kind of people that Vonnegut did, which is that's, and that's a really underrated one too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and I think the, I think it's the one that gets to the, or closest to if you've read being there or some of those books where it's somebody that is naive in over their head, but like, okay, this, like, you don't want to, completely give up on the person completely even if they are kind of naive exactly (laughs) yeah and i think i think vonnegut like i i think a lot of people would see a person like that and just be like frustrated by them and you see like people like in stories like that you see people being very patient with those kinds of people mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people would see that and just be like like why are you dealing with this person like you don't have to like but it's i don't know i think it's admirable that you like 
and like I see people, I I do my best to see people the same way now. Of just like Vonnegut was all about admiring people for who they were and not for what they could be. Exactly, he taught me that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Treating, taking somebody as they are, as opposed, yeah, you put it better than I'm going to put it, but really putting somebody accepting people for who they are and matching them where they're at and where you're at without expectation. Exactly. So I, I would say if, if you haven't read Vonnegut yet, I'm, I'm talking to the listener here. If you believe in the idea of fate, if you like stories about weird little aliens or like apocalyptic futures that involve ice or anything like that, I'm not going to tell you what any of these points in the stories are from, but if you if you enjoy things like that, you should read you should read Kurt Vonnegut. Absolutely, Lou. This has been so insightful and so much fun. If people wanted to learn more about you, or you kind of have given a pitch on Kurt Vonnegut already, but if they wanted to learn more about Kurt Vonnegut, where would you recommend that they look for both you and for his writings? Oh well, the first place I would go to is you. I think everyone should look into the. Kurt Vonnegut Memorial Library that is in Indianapolis, Indiana. They have a ton of resources on their website. And also they have been threatened to be shut down like many, many times. And so if you if you go onto the website and you learn more about Kurt Vonnegut, consider tossing them a couple bucks. And also just go to the library. Go go to the library, go to where Vonnegut is and pick up the first book that is that catches your eye. That's what I would recommend. Absolutely. And what about you? Where can people find you? Oh, I'm on uh, all social media platforms. Hi, I'm Lou Moon. And uh, you can find me on all social media and on at Lou Moon Comedy. And uh, yeah, especially follow me on Instagram. I have an album coming out soon, an album of stand-up comedy. And I don't have a release date for it. But okay. if you follow me on Instagram, I'll tell you when that is. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lou. I really appreciate you joining me today. And I I really feel like I learned a lot. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad I could teach you something, Matt. You're always teaching me. I'm glad I could teach you something this time. Thank you. My, na- <laughs> My name is Matt Stores, and this has been Matt's Planning. Quick shout out to Ryan Lawson, who made the theme music for Matt's Planning. He's part of Beat Blender Studios, which can be found at Beat Blender Studios on Instagram and TikTok. Or if you're in the market for some amazing music, you can contact him directly at beatblenderstudios at gmail.com.